even people who look like they have it together are just figuring it out. And if you take that mentality of try a bunch of stuff and try to figure it out, I think that's the best outlook. The tragedy of, I wish someone had told me sooner, yeah, spending five, 10 hours making and writing the caption for this epic Instagram post, and then it's off of people's radars within a week, like never to be seen again. Exactly. <laughs> I bet there's a way. I don't know how you feel about reposting artwork. I'm all oh. for it. For me, it's like, has it been a couple months, six months? It depends. Yeah, de definitely depends on, like, I've I've reposted a lot of things. Like, I think I started reposting things last year. Kind of like that's when I, I decided, like, oh, you know what? I can I can do it. Like, it's it's a waste it's of... Okay. It's a waste of, of good content that you create, like, because otherwise it's only been oh seen once. Oh, my months. gosh. Yeah. Unless you do, like making content just for Instagram is selling yourself short. Um, you know, it needs to be stuff that either, like you said, reposting it again, or you're also making a blog post from it, or you're also making a YouTube video from it. Or put it in a book. Or putting it into a book. Like, yeah, having multifunctional yeah. pieces of art and content that can live all these different places, I think is, it's really getting uh, the most juice for your squeeze like mm -hmm. is the juice worth the squeeze yes for an instagram post if you're going to spend 10 hours on something or let's say five i know you're really quick <laughs> <laughs> let's say yeah if you're going to spend any amount of time it should work your content and your artwork should work for you yeah. ideally doesn't have to all the time if you feel inspired do your thing but yeah i think that you could totally repost a lot of your stuff and i know at the beginning a lot of people are like i can't repost it people are going to know and you can just be transparent and be like, this is a repost, but it, think about like the thousands, maybe tens of thousands of followers you've gained since the last time you posted that, who've never seen it before. Exactly. They're missing out. You got to yeah, send it back out there. There's so many things about just reposting. Um, yeah, definitely that you, you should make use of your content. And I think that's content management. One thing that could work for me is if I think about YouTube, like I create a YouTube post. So for a video that I just finished today is ribbon lettering on the on Procreate and how to do that, how to create that. And so I, d I drew up one piece and I like just focus on that and then record a voiceover and, and put that on top of it, kind of like mix it together and explaining how like kind of adding like a director's cut commentary to your your lettering, uh, how you did that, how you match something like oh, that, like I I play split up, play. yeah, exactly. Like I split up the the, uh, I put it into two ribbons and I added the second ribbon into a different layer and it's like it's totally unnecessary, but I felt it was the right choice. Don't know why, but yeah, I did yeah. that. Yeah, and, this is just the way I do it, and I think that it's it's yeah. important to show those things because you know you and I both know in Procreate or Photoshop, uh, there are a dozen ways to get to the same Absolutely. result. Everyone's got their, you know, their preferred way. And it's, it's good to let people know that like, yeah, this might not be the most efficient, but this is how I do it. Or like, you know, I, there's a quicker way, but I like the texture this mm -hmm. way or. And so, so, so <laughs> now for the, for the content management part, if, if you think about like creating a post, like you draw something that's amazing, that looks great, that you feel like, all right, I feel confident enough or feel good enough about it to post it also on, on Instagram. So then you start to link, all right, if I post it on Instagram, I can promote the, the YouTube video, then hopefully people will go watch the whole thing on YouTube, not just um, look at there. And then you can do Instagram stories and like, 
if you are an, a star at pulling all your resources together, and that's kind of what I told my the friend that I was coaching to this morning, like he's a pastor from our church and our church records all sessions and, and create all this content. So he creates a sermon, he creates a talk every, pretty much every mm -hmm. Sunday. And so he has ton of content, ton of things that he's talking about. And, and for me, it was like, all right, let's like, you don't need to come up with new content. Like you're already doing that. We just need to mm -hmm. figure out a way how to maximize your content to post it on, on Snapchat, on Instagram, on all these different platforms so that you are represented in all these platforms. But for that, you definitely need another employee or two to just work on these things because then you can really play it on all platforms and share it. And then we can tweak it to make it better. But that's kind of like the second step. Oh, man. Yeah. Hiring is the way I hired Crystal is a nice story. And you can talk about how you found uh, Judith mm -hmm. and Sam, because I don't yeah. ever remember you posting on Instagram, like a job posting uh, or anything. No, no. I like, I know them I didn't personally. I, I've known them. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've coached Sam for a while. And, uh -huh. and Judith, like she, she was in Australia with me. She helped me on a lot of projects. And, and so it was just like, well, like if I needed some lettering help, someone to fill out stuff or to just finish a piece, like, that's who I would ask. And and since she's been doing a little bit of lettering, it's like not her main occupation, but I'm like, I asked her like, would you be interested in assisting me or like being my assistant? And like, that would mean ton of things, but like, I don't know exactly what it means. I've never done that before. And yeah. <laughs> and it's like, we, we've been going through all these different things like every day. Well, now more time has passed. We you learn where things are not going right, where you have to have those tough talks and just like because I also see like as as a boss, like I'm not the best at communicating things. So if she doesn't know something or if I feel like she didn't do that right, like maybe I didn't communicate that right to her. And and that's a whole different topic as well. It's like how do you communicate with your employees or with your boss? Who is right, who's wrong, and stuff like that. Like <laughs> there's less right and wrong, but yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's it's so true, and uh, I think a trap that a lot of entrepreneurs fall into, myself included, is you know you know you want to hire uh, an intern or an assistant or some help uh, with your in the studio, and like you said, you might not be the best at communicating because you've never done it before, having to tell someone about your process and have them try to do it the way you do, and like you said, if they don't know what they did wrong. You can't really correct it. And so what would happen a lot of times early on, and I I had my first intern in 2015. Um, you know, you when you start out, it's definitely, there's a learning curve. And what would happen is if something wasn't exactly right, instead of telling her, I would just fix it myself, which is the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yes. If you hired help, it's so you can get more off your plate, not exactly. <laughs> do extra work. And so, yeah, when, when Crystal started working here, I... Because I'm totally a people pleaser too. I hate giving like negative feedback or whatnot. I told her, I was like, okay, we're going to do these pieces and I'm going to show you exactly how I do it. And then when she would bring the work back to me, I was, I would, I would preface it by saying, okay, I'm just going to be super nitpicky up front. So like we can just get it out of the way. It'll make it so much easier later on. So I tried to set that expectation of like, you know, yes, there are a lot of marks, like markups on this thing, but it's with the purpose of like, it's going to get so much yeah. easier over yeah. the next couple months. And it really has. Yeah. See? And she's a great, she's a great letterer. It's just like, it's the initial question you asked, like when it's your brand and it's your, you, 
It's your you know, vision. Even the smallest, the smallest yeah. little things that make it look not like yours, you have to correct. And it doesn't mean that the way that Crystal or Judith did it was wrong. It's just for our styles, it exactly. might be slightly off. Yeah. Like maybe not anyone would see the, the difference, but you would see the difference. And you're like, and as long as like even even an email, uh, my assistant loves, she likes to start off with what's up legends. Like I, I let her write out the first draft because that helps me a lot to correct it. And I'm like, that's a rhetorical question because they're probably not going to answer back. So, and even though it's like, but you do that in every YouTube video, I'm like, yeah, it's mm. true. But... It's but you wouldn't do it in email. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where like, oh, yeah, I, I see where you come <laughs> from. Okay, I get it. And it's interesting. But yeah, you learn a lot. Yeah, it really it really is. I wonder if it would be fun for next season to bring uh, Crystal or Judith like onto the podcast to all talk about this. Oh, it could be fun. They, they would absolutely <laughs> love that. Well, my, yeah. Judith would love it. She would have so much fun talking. <laughs> We should do that. It would be Because it's, you know, it's a two-way street. Like, you know, I, the same way Crystal has to learn about like my style and my business and like the home sweet home brand. I need to learn her work style too. What? What's what's that look on your face? (laughs) The better way to do the episode instead of, instead of having all four of us, it's just Crystal and Judith doing a whole episode. Ah, That'd be so good. (laughs) Talking, talking behind our backs, which we, we would like we wouldn't be allowed to listen back to the episode and and they, like Sonia would edit it we we would hear nothing about it and and they would go up without us knowing that could be really and fun then we have, scary and then we record a reaction video <laughs> exactly we have like a listening party with both of us like listening to oh my what gosh. she said that yeah that would be a fun like live stream or something yeah I love that idea. We should totally do it. I think totally that Crystal it. might be up for it. Yeah, Judith definitely would be up for it too. And and oh, w- yeah. w- what I know from her is that she wouldn't talk bad behind our backs. So. Oh, yeah, Easy. same. But like, you know, we've all got our different personalities and quirks. And like, I know for a fact that I'm all over the place, like all the time. Like I See, but that's a, a great side to, to, and, to <laughs> hear from. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that uh, because even yeah, I, would I would love to. I would love to hear that that side. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> this morning I woke up at like four on purpose. 40. Um, like I <laughs> no, like I just woke up and I was like I couldn't sleep ag- anymore, so I uh, stay in bed for a while and tried to sleep again. Finally, ended up like getting up and going to the bathroom and then just watched a YouTube video uh, on the toilet, which was uh, from Matt Diavella, and that's. Like he, he's all these life hacks, kind of like mm. minimalism stuff and, and so on. And so he had a interview with a guy who's like superhuman, who wrote like The Rise of Superhumans. Wait, he's superhuman? What does title. that mean? No, he, he, he wrote, the, the guy he was interviewing, he wrote the book, The Rise of ah, Super, Superhumans. Okay. And, and so it talks about kind of like how in the extreme sports world, all this crazy stuff happened in the last 10 years. Like the craziest improvements happened over a short per- period of time. And, but then he was talking about like flow and the state of flow. If like, if you get into the flow, you're, you're into it. And it's so a creative block was something that was been on my mind, like figuring out a way, like how do you overcome creative block? And 
what I came up with, with the knowledge of the flow was to say, like, why don't you do an exercise that you know you can do easily? Like uh, draw a quote, a specific quote, or even um, just like fill out a page, like fill up a page with words and in different styles. Like I know I can do that and I can do that with my eyes closed, not literally, mm -hmm. but it's it's easy. 16 types. Exactly. And, and so from then on, you've done that, you feel this, this win that you've felt and it's like um, dopamine going through your body and it's just like telling your, your brain, like, you know, you can do that. And so you're feeling, um, you're finding yourself confident enough to tackle a new problem. And usually when you're in a creative block is something, something has been bothering you and you're just not figuring out a way how to overcome that. And until you do, it usually takes this, this step or this feeling of confidence that you need to just overcome your next your blank page and once you've done like you fill that a whole page on for a different exercise because you just know that you can uh will help you then to fill out the next page and so it becomes easier and so now i like that i feel like that could be a great solution for creative block doing something that you really know you're like you can easily do like if it's using your sketch brush to letter like do some brush lettering or brush calligraphy then maybe that's exactly that maybe for video it's for me it's maybe i should just record like a, a youtube video like i know how to do that and or like instagram video um i know how to do that but then record in a youtube way like a, a 16 by 9 and then mm -hmm. do that for youtube and then start from there and that might be changing my game for youtube we'll see yeah, that could be an interesting workflow. Um, what you said actually just reminds me of a strategy I had that's slightly, it's its interesting. So for anyone who's listening who is going to try out Stefan's strategy, I think that sounds amazing to do something that you know you can do in your sleep creatively. I remember in an interview a couple years ago, someone had asked me about Creative Block 2. And the thing that I always do is kind of a step removed. So if anyone feels like, even drawing something that you're good at drawing or lettering something that you could do in your sleep sounds unappealing for some, like you're so blocked that you can't even do that, which I think uh, we've all been there at some point. It's, it's a terrible place to be. But one thing that I do when I'm either creatively blocked or don't feel like working is I will uh, cook something. So for me, it'll be something quick, something that is maybe a little repetitive, but easy enough. So like the thing for me, it's like salsa or guacamole. Like, you know, you chop stuff up, you put it in a bowl, doesn't take very long. Um, and feeling that accomplishment, similar to what you were saying in your analogy of, wow, I did something I'm good at, I completed it, and now I have a delicious snack um, in the salsa case, that tends to get the ball rolling and help get me more motivated to make something. Um, whether it's for personal work or whether it's for a client project, because unfortunately, like, you know, no matter what you're working on, you're not immune to creative block or immune to feeling distracted or wanting to procrastinate or demotivated. And so that's something that I do. And so I can only imagine that your technique too would be super effective because you're actually staying in the zone of lettering or drawing. So I mm -hmm. like that. Very good. So flow triggers, and and that's why baking something. The, the, what you said right now is is actually flows into exactly that. Is it's you feel confident in doing that, and you just know it works. 
Um, so it's an, an exercise that it's easy that you can just like put your mind to it, you put it together, and then you have baked something, and that's kind of the um, pattern recognition. You've done something that you've ah. already done before. So that gets you into that uh, flow state. The same thing if like you do that exercise of filling out a page or doing brush lettering. Lauren is totally right on 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 the 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 terms of like it's so, just doesn't have to be, do anything with lettering, but it can just be something else that will boost your confidence. That when you step back to that blank page, you just feel confident in doing something. For he's a writer, and he says like when he's writing something, like he will start with an old page from yesterday, start to edit that, and as soon as he he's in that mode, like his brain starts to oh yeah, I can I can totally like edit a page. And then when he's done with that, he just jumps into a new page and starts writing without actually blinking and thinking. And so the other flow triggers he's talking about is risk. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're trying something that you're risking something, like you're using mm -hmm. ink, you're trying something new, um, mm -hmm. that's another one. It's novelty. Um, he even says like novelty is like trying a new brush, trying a, a new item, or even sitting in a new cafe. So uh, mm -hmm. the author talked about when he's, having to to read through some textbooks he goes to every time he reads a new textbook he goes to, into a different cafe and that way he's always have that feeling of novelty because he has never been to that cafe it's kind of fresh it's kind of new and so something like that always triggers the same thing and then complexity if if you kind of like solve a diff difficult problem that will also trigger that dopamine effect and and finally unpredictable unpredictability is is another one where it's like you never know what could happen. Like if it's, if anything can happen at any time, like you'd be surprised. And so when the, the stronger the effect is probably when all of these combine and, and mix together. So when you're doing like, you're baking something brand new that you've never baked before, uh, probably could do like novelty plus pattern recognition, um, plus a risk, like has like different elements together. And so at the end, when it works, it's great. And you have that dopamine. You know, I, I totally relate to that because I, really, I was like, wow, combining all of them. But lately, as you know, I have been challenging myself to bake sourdough bread. Yeah. And I've also, on top of that, been challenging myself. Um, it's, I, I'll, bring it, I'll bring in the bread to the studio and then I'll try to make tiny little versions or like like yesterday I made a tiny grilled cheese sandwich for Crystal and me. <laughs> nice. And so the novelty of like making it tiny is maybe that actually yeah. that added added element. Um it's still in the same environment, I suppose. But complexity is it's well. interesting thinking about yeah, that's true. It does make it harder. It's interesting thinking about that advice because I totally resonate with that. And you know, that's interesting. I've never heard it called a flow trigger, but that's a really great name for it. It's it almost runs contrary to the routine of kind of like you having your separate desk where you sit down and you draw and you like set up the environment for the habit to happen. But it's not that pattern recognition. It's, yeah. So the pattern recognition is good, but even when you set up the perfect environment and you have the habit, you can still, the, you know, the wild card is you can still sit down in yeah. your curated space to draw and not feel like it, unfortunately, as an artist. And so those flow triggers are a great extra tool to have in your back pocket for when you did everything right and you set up the conditions and it still didn't work. Because that's one thing for anyone listening like that I, I want to get across to is any advice you hear online, anything that works for somebody, like 
it could work really well for you sometimes, but we're all susceptible to things not working anymore or just not feeling like doing work that day or feeling completely blocked. And so collecting as many of these techniques that work for other people that you can try out and seeing what works for you now is super important to try to get yourself back in that creating state. Amazing. I'm just going to repeat the the flow triggers. Um, yeah, of course. So they're great. flow triggers, we have risk, novelty, complexity, unpredictability, pattern recognition. And you'll find that in the, the video of Matt Diavella, the secrets, um, the secret to superhuman performance. And he has a YouTube channel and he's also, that's probably from his podcast that he also has. So I really recommend checking that out if you have time or you're interested into how that actually works and how like they talk about it from a scientific perspective. When you mentioned baking is like one of the um, flow triggers, like trying to cultivate those habits or doing those flow trigger things and things that you're good at, things you enjoy, trying new recipes, trying new techniques or whatnot, all those flow mm -hmm. triggers, don't just do them when you need to get out of a creative block. One thing that I do, I, I, this conversation actually real, made me realize that one thing I implement in my life is I'm always doing those things, whether I am stuck or not, because it keeps it going. Like, I love trying new recipes and I love, you know, going to new places or new cafes or being in new spaces. Mm -hmm. I love experimenting with new mediums. Um, you know, recently I've gotten into polymer, polymer clay jewelry, um, sourdough bread baking. Uh, we last week were experimenting with Posca markers, which I've never really done. And keeping that curiosity and that play and, um, you know, all the flow triggers throughout your week can help to avoid creative block altogether. So you might not yeah. even need to pull these out of your back pocket when you're super stuck because maybe it'll help you not get stuck. It actually, this is kind of a gross analogy. I'm sorry, but we had to call the plumber uh, last week because my garbage disposal was blocked and there was just a clog in there. And like, if you just avoid clogs and you maintain the pipes, then you'll never need to call the plumber. <laughs> I was actually but, thinking you'd come up with a worse analogy. Oh no, I know. I just realized when I said we had to call the plumber, I was like, oh no. I was like, when you said when you said plumber, I was like, all right, that's good. We're fine. Cut. That's good. But yeah. Um but just remember, yeah, I mean a creative block you could think of, like my blocked garbage disposal pipe. Garbage disposal. Remember Not any other pipes. Yeah. <laughs> is when there's a block, you can always unclog it. You can always, you know, whether it means calling in a plumber for help from another person or whether it means kind of DIYing mm. it, like, you know, getting the drain snake and uh, trying to solve the clog yourself. Just know that it's always, there's always a solution and there are always lots of things you can try. And <laughs> But but even if we look at it from a different perspective, like creative block doesn't necessarily mean that you're blocked or clogged. Um, for me, it's always been more of a you're actually climbing up a hill or that's mm. like I have two two images. One is climbing up a hill and then you're suddenly your face uh, like facing a giant wall in front of you. And you, so you're trying to climb up that wall. That wall is so much harder. You're not really making progress because it's so much slower. It's so much steeper. Um because you have to climb it, you have to figure out how to get up there. And and so as you go, it just takes so much longer. And But as soon as you're 
you figured it out, then suddenly you're at the next level. The other image that I've always had is digging a hole. Like if you're digging a hole, like you go through all these layers of sediments and like there are different types of rocks beneath your um It's a pretty house. deep hole. Exactly. And so as well, but if you're like perfecting, if you're striving to be the best in one area, like you're digging the d deepest hole in that area. And so whenever you get to a layer that is just too hard to break through, like mm. maybe you've just been using your hands at the beginning and it's like, it's easy, it's sand, you can easily get it away. But as soon as like dirt comes, you're like, your hands are not really useful anymore. So you start getting a shovel, like maybe you'll get mm -hmm. some, some dirt away, but then you start using a shovel and you go further down and suddenly you hit a rock and you're like, well, I can get a, um, what are they called? These axe, um, jackhammer. What, what are the pointy things that you would use? Don't know my tools. I you don't, know you, my you don't dig holes. <laughs> no, unfortunately, yeah. uh, I didn't, didn't get invited to the hole digging party. The Man, but yeah, that's that's kind of the the idea. Is like you always need to figure out like a find a new tool. Like unless you try to keep shoveling dirt and rock with your hands, it's gonna be mm -hmm. a hard, tough time to get through that. But if you use the right tools and find the right tools, and that's where like the block, that time where you're blocked, it's kind of like going shopping and like trying to find the the right tools to to keep on on digging mm -hmm. on keep on like maybe you even have to go to a climbing shop and get some some climbing gear to go up that mountain you never know that's true it reminds me of this thing i saw on instagram this morning uh from my new business mentor it says to do something you've never done you have to be someone you've never been and that kind of ties into your tool thing about yeah to get through a new problem or the next level you have to use a tool you might have never used before get something out of your toolbox that Maybe you're not super familiar with, but you'll just kind of have to try out and navigate. And yeah, that totally makes sense that each new layer you encounter, you can't, like you were saying, like you can't expect to get through rock with your bare hands. It's just not going to mm -hmm. happen. I definitely don't. My hands are soft from drawing all day long and not actually lifting anything. That's yes, why. So are mine. You. I'm just an overall soft person. <laughs> yeah, but I actually see it as as a strength that I can play up. Like, I think that there's, there are times when you need to be tougher or like, you know, work through things, but an overall softness, I think, who knows? I mean, could be the thing that differentiates me in the business world someday. Who knows? From the outside looking in, I think it seems like all the entrepreneurs I follow online and artists that I follow online, everyone looks like they have have it together and know what they're doing from the outside looking in. And I bet a lot of people feel that way about us. But when you're on the inside, like, I feel like I'm still just like slapping stuff together all the time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, like, you know, <laughs> wondering, wondering, like, if are, are you doing the right thing? Or is this how you're supposed to do something? I'm like, mm -hmm. no idea. Yeah. And so I mean, that's kind of the underlying theme of this podcast, too, is no matter what stage you're at, like, Everyone you admire who, you know, you aspire to be someday, they could very easily feel like they're just piecing stuff together and like flying by the seat of their pants and not really knowing what they're doing. I think it's important to know that even people who look like they have it together are just figuring it out. And if you take that mentality of, okay, here's a new challenge, here's a new problem, and I'm just going to try a bunch of stuff and try to figure it out, I think that's the best outlook you can have and it'll... It'll help you not be so hard on yourself when mm -hmm. things don't work out because you know you have all these other things you can try and it 
you know, you've heard Stefan say it before, like it's an experiment. Like it is the same way when you try something out creatively on paper, it's an experiment. It might not work. Like yesterday, oh my goodness, I was working on a client project and I had this color palette picked out and I was so excited to use it and then it didn't work. And I it I thought it was going to take me like 20 minutes to color this piece and it ended up taking two hours because it just wasn't working. So I had to switch things up and I tried maybe three other color palettes before I finally found something that felt right. And it felt really good at the end of those two hours, even though I hadn't planned on it to take that long. It felt good to have figured it out eventually and to come to a solution. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Striving Artist Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, we'd be so grateful if you shared it with a creative person in your life who would too. It would help us a lot if you could also rate, review, and subscribe to the Striving Artist Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or SoundCloud. Since we're relatively new to podcasting, this helps to rank the show and get it in front of more striving artists out there. Oh, and one last thing. Stefan and I would love to hear from you. Believe it or not, we're both real people who read messages, so please feel free to send us an email, DM, or better yet, ask us a question via voice message on Anchor. We would love to hear from you. Head over to strivingartist.com for all of our contact info. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.